everybody, Nota Bene in the house, recording together live for the first time in a while. At least a month, right? At least a month, yeah. yeah. In beautiful Sag Harbor, no more fucking zooming. It although. is so much colder than it is in your office in Union Square. This is, <laughs> yeah, well, I have, I have central air here, which I do not have in my office <laughs> but in Union Square. it's also just very pleasant out here. In the Hamptons, in except Sag for Harbor. all the except for the people, the Hamptons are lovely. Oh God, I walked into town today to get us coffees and uh, encountered a number of people with small dogs who I wish I didn't see. Yeah, I would imagine. Were they wearing athleisure wear? They were wearing some real fucking corny ass athleisure wear. It was not enjoyable, but the coffee was good. It happens. It happens. The co- coffee's good. Uh, shout out to Sylvester's. Sylvester's. I like the Dreamy. Um, they also sell the home, home goods, including uh, something I noticed the other day, a $45 liquid <laughs> hand soap. Hey. And I think most people say that I'm prolific with money. Uh, I, I spend without looking. It's kind of a problem. But you didn't buy the $45 That's soap. Even that's, to me, wow. that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, like Absurd. Uh, absolutely they absurd. They had a bunch of like lame-ass Hadri Hepburn books in there. It was a weird well, story. But I do notice that they oftentimes have books of local artists that are around uh hank willis thomas who i've oh, seen cool. out and about here uh he has a Love book hank. on their book table um i know um uh this don lemon who's uh, i think a cnn uh that is newscaster. what don lemon does yes uh, i know he's out here i saw a book of his so i feel like there's some sort of you know connection to their their curated That's home goods and books if uh, i'd seen don lemon i would have like had a great time walking I, through Sag I hear he's pretty cool. I oh, I almost I'm ninety percent certain that I saw Wolf Blitzer, my least favorite TV personality, uh walking through Sag Harbor yesterday morning. I'm sure it was. What's funny is uh when Wolf is in DC, he lives very close to my parents. Uh and so I would see him at uh the bagel shop all the time. Funny looking guy. Funny looking guy. Weird looking guy. And I've actually spoken to him. Very strange individual to just speak to, like yeah. in, in in a room. He's someone that just his TV persona is a lack of persona, and it drives me nuts. Yeah, um, yeah. he is no Edward R. Murrow. What else? We we hung out. I picked you up yesterday. We did uh-huh. a little wine shopping. We did some wine shopping. Uh, shout that, out your to wine guy, Cavanolas. Yeah, shout out to so Dean and Cavanolas and Sag Harbor. He's got the natural stuff. He's got some of the old world stuff. All mixed up. Knows what we're talking about. Unfortunately, the markups are a bit a bit tough up here. As, as someone who buys who buys a fair amount of wine, um, it's a different price point even for the same bottles. But that's okay. Their real estate costs are expensive. And then we went and saw some galleries, didn't we? We well, you did. I'd seen all the galleries, so I uh, sat in my car rolling calls. And uh, then uh, went to the tennis store and bought a new tennis racket. Right, that's, uh, that, that's exciting. The important but, stuff, but we you know we bumped. We we did a little stop and chat stop as, we, and as we rolled up. Uh, uh, rolled up to Newtown Line. Uh, we pulled up to Harper's Gallery. Uh, shout recent, out Harper. Uh, shout out, you know, friend of the pod, friend of the recent pod. guest, great guest. And uh, we see this tall guy uh, standing chatting with him, and we go to each other. Is that David it's Kordansky? Dave Kordansky. It was Dave Kordansky in town from Los Angeles with Mike Homer, his Fresh partner and director, not his romantic Mike partner, Homer but his business partner. Partner, partner of the gallery, to be clear. Um, yeah, Mike Homer rocking out in the rental Volvo SUV. Just chilling. Just Straight chilling. chilling. Yeah, they didn't look chilling, but really good to see them. They were, they so, were, they so were in a good Dave. mood. and they were Dave very... was talking about how he just got dinner with Bob Weir. Yeah. That's so legit. The That's guy's so a huge, cool. big deadhead. And they got the, the great online ceramic show up with, uh, with the Matthew Brandon show up at uh, the gallery at... In Los Angeles, which I think hopefully we'll both get a chance to see next week when we're in the 
City of Angels. I think Saturday straight from LAX, I'm going to the gallery. Oh, now that I said it on the pod, I have to do it. Well, uh, great. So <laughs> well, because the rest of our time in LA, we're going to see very few guys because we That's are back to back podcasting with all the people in Los Angeles. We're going to be in beautiful LA, locked in a room, just like we are staring at each other with headphones and microphones. It's going to be gorgeous. Who fucking but- scheduled this shit? Who said yes? <laughs> Why? How? It's going to be so much podcasting, but it's it's for the kids. You it's know, kids. I'm going to have to drink so it, much cold brew. It's going to be out of control. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, my anxiety attacks are going to be out of this world. <laughs> I think that it's great that we're doing it. There's going to be some great programming. We have an incredible lineup of guests. And honestly, I'm excited to be in Los Angeles. I haven't been since February 2020. And the fair is looking, I'm already getting some previews. I saw some great Calvin Marcus pictures that are going to be there. He Shout also has Calvin a show Marcus, that's open at the, at the clearing, uh, the clearing space Beverly in Hills. Beverly Hills. Yeah. You know, not so bad. Um, so it's going to be a, a real thing. People are like, evidently, a lot of people are going. So I'm getting, oh, yeah. My as much dance as I like card make, is full. Yeah, we got we got events, we got parties, we got yeah. dinners. Oh um, man, we're throwing a party. We're going to parties. I'm going to dinners. Got got res at the polo lounge. Like it's it's uh, all happening. Uh, hopefully, I'm able to do a little bit of transacting in the art sphere. I'm not, I'm not sure if the podcasting stage if I'm actually going to be able to make any fucking money. You so. do have a job, and that is helping people buy art. So presumably, you would do that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Fair. Yeah, I'm I'm going to be nice and I'm say what I want. I need to job say. also. I'm still writing. Yeah. You know? Like next week is You've my been last here week. Right. I've been watching you bang out what is the last column by Nate Freeman this, yes. of wet paint in the this art net. St- history is being made here yeah. in Sag Harbor, writing the last. Wet I paint. mean, someday there's going to be a plaque on this wall outside this rental house, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think technically I'm going to file it from the uh, from the jitney <laughs> from the train. Take the train back. Uh, does the train have Wi-Fi, bro? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I got uh, you know a fucking thing that you do with your phone. What's that called? Uh, leashing, tethering. I have no Whatever. idea. This I ain't fucking IT, bro. <laughs> um, we had a, a spot. We, we had a good time, and then we uh we picked you up. We we came back here, did some we work. Saw some what was good? At, what was good in the galleries? Oh, I got a sneak peek at uh you know Ryan Gander's new show. At Listen, looks fabulous. That, Ryan's a great artist. That is really good. Um. Uh, I didn't go in. I mean, Sotheby's has some great things. Uh, Scarstead yeah. has a, a set of very nice Warhol paintings uh-huh. very, on the wall. Very, very pleasant. Well, it looks uh, a lot like a, a certain family's had... family's inventory to me. <laughs> but, you know, hey, whatever gets huh, the job what done. Family owns a lot of Warhols. I don't know. Um, but uh, yes, Sotheby's had a bunch of just kind of random stuff. But like, I went through with a, a buddy of mine who was there. There was a really cool Elizabeth Payton drawing, uh, an early Jonas Wood that I liked. Um, I don't know, some fucking weird cause shit. And then uh, a Geneva Figus that was just like on the ground. What, 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 what did they want for the Geneva Figus? I didn't even ask. I ask. Yeah, I mean it was way cheaper at Harper's Gallery across the street a few years ago. Yeah, who, who is, he told us did the first American show yep, with yep. her as a. a I just thought it was funny project. that yeah, it just like went from Harper's Gallery to the Sotheby's out. Outpost that wasn't yeah, yeah. there, um, uh, just Pierce. But uh, then, then we then we reconvened after I did my tennis shopping in uh, John Bergruen. From, yeah, uh, John Bergruen, the God, was just hanging out in the gallery. Well, I guess, and this is so OG and actually so much cooler. Most of the other galleries, although I see pair there almost always, but most of the galleries in in the world, you roll up and the owner is not just hanging out. No, especially one as legendary as John Bergruen. Hey, John Bergruen, I guess, is there from the minute they open to the minute they close so each cool. opening day. The way it kind of should be, you Couldn't know, he's there nicer. to make money. He's there. He's there to close deals. He's not. He's not here to play tennis yeah. like I am. So he took me he took me downstairs just because he wanted to pick out a painting to move upstairs from their, their storage and he just picks it, takes out a painting and he was like, if you can guess who made this painting, I'll, I'll sell it to you. 
and I don't like this game because it's very easy to look real stupid, you know? Yeah, there's very few winners <laughs> there's in There's very few winners. And, uh, and I say, well, it kind of looks like an artist I'm thinking of, and he says, just say it. You're probably right. And I was like, eh, is it John Curran? And he's like, you're right, it's John Curran. So that didn't mean he gave you the painting. No, he was just he saying he would could, let you buy potentially it. buy it. But oh, I think that's interesting, maybe. One of the coolest things that happened when we were hanging out with the god, uh, John Bergeron, was um, there were some beautiful Wayne Tebow uh, paintings on the wall. Killer Tebows. I mean, like, n- nothing major, major, yeah. but, like, really great, you know, and, uh, pieces. you know, Wayne Tebow, an incredible American artist who is still alive. He's in his mid to late 90s. I wish I'd fact-checked this before. Uh, but he's, It's a podcast. We don't fact-check, man. He's an older gentleman. And just sort of offhand, I asked John, you know, how's Wayne doing? And uh, <laughs> John says, I talked to him on the phone the other day. I'm like, oh, that's great. Okay. How, like, how's he doing? He's like, well, we were having a nice conversation. And he's like, then Wayne says, John, I got to go. I got a tennis match. You know he could kick my ass. Unbelievable! Too. The guy Amazing. is just on the court. Amazing, God level. Ugh, God. Uh, and God then level we uh, we then hustled ourselves way east uh, to Montauk. Drove fast. The music was blasting, and uh, we didn't make many stops. But the our the our first stop was with the the gentleman who will be our guest uh, in the second half of this podcast, Max Levay, who's opened the ranch. This amazing property. It's sick. He's it's got lit. horses. He's got art space. He's got outdoor sculpture. He's got grills that he's had like hand built. Yeah. Well, we t- we talked. We'll talk about that we'll later. Talk, we'll talk about. But what did we do we after? A great time. What did we do after going to the ranch? Uh, we uh, on the suggestion of many fine individuals to spend time we, in Montauk. We went to Liars Saloon. To, uh, the Liars Saloon. This is a bar that I first. To with a uh, friend of the pod, artist Lucian Smith. Uh, I texted. So this <laughs> is like on the backside of Montauk, where all kind of the the boat, you know, the fishermen's boats are docked, and and more of a boating yeah. situation. Lu- Lucian's uh, on a tour of Europe right now, and when I sent him a picture of liars, he got back to me. Very jealous that he was not there. And this is a guy, you know, who's gallivanting through yeah, Italy. He's, he's in the Amalfi, and he's like, I'd rather be at liars. <laughs> what did we order you, Nate? What was your drink, your first ever? I was a little skeptical, but um, so uh, our our guest on this episode told me that. Uh, one uh, West Pence, better known by his nom de DJ Diplo, came to the ranch a few days ago. And being an admirer of West Pence myself, not so much a friend, we've texted. Um, I asked, what, 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 what did Dip get at Liars? And Max told me that, that Diplo drank four mudslides. What is a mudslide? I didn't know until yesterday. But it's a fuckload of vodka and Kahlua and another sweet thing that has booze in it. And like like a bunch of ice and like some ice cream shit and some chocolate spirit. Anyway, a little Hershey syrup. I mean, it tasted like ice cream. To it me. was probably the most delicious thing I've ever consumed. You, would, you really life. enjoyed your really mudslide experience. Um, I don't think it's something I would order. I was driving, so I just had a beer. Right. Yeah. For all those listening, I am responsible. You know, oh, yeah. Dad. No, better than um, You know, when you say Diplo is your friend, like if I ask Diplo, hey, you talked to Nate Freeman recently, does he have any idea who the <laughs> fuck I'm talking about? <laughs> okay, man, if you're in the, if you have the opportunity to ask Diplo anything and you choose to ask him that, then that's probably, your fair mistake. point. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, fair point is that I have no, I, I, I've had no idea who he was. I, mean, I knew that he was famous. I knew Diplo. I kind of guessed he was a DJ. But is he a DJ or a music producer or both? Uh, he's a mostly a producer now, but he also DJs like real fancy parties and shit. He got like uh, to Providence as a is he DJ. Gonna, is he gonna? Is he gonna DJ our party for us? No. Can, can you hook that up? Man? <laughs> no. Um, we don't have to spend too much of this podcast on Diplo, but uh, I mean, why not? <laughs> Actually, when I went on How Long Gone, uh, uh, TJ and, and uh, Chris Black were very intrigued by my relationship to Diplo, and we spent a lot of time. Of course, t- that's as close to, to like you know high culture as they get, is you knowing <laughs> Diplo. I mean, we love you guys. 
Um, but no, let's let's move on. I think there's that's some stuff happened in the other world this week, right? I mean, I guess I guess we don't gonna get into dinner anyway. I cl- I cooked you a delicious <laughs> oh, oh, dinner. Oh yeah, we just discussed dinner. Okay, so okay, what was? Well, a, we have? A, let's, a, let's, Nate, Nate we, helped me take care of my kids. God bless. My wife's out of town this week. I'm solo dadding it, and uh, he was. A I big played help. some games with the kids. Yeah, it was there, a big there help. was there was some some guess which. Uh, hand the coin is in games. Yeah, so we Fun mixed game. up some margaritas and we threw a we threw a nice uh, uh, aged porterhouse on the grill. It was delicious. It was yeah. it was it was cooked to perfection. Actually, yeah. also had some sausages because you know a steak isn't enough for for two adults and, and two small people. Uh huh. There were some sides. I forget what. Um, there were some delicious potatoes that, that you really pulled off. Oh yeah, some little chi- chicken fat roast potatoes. Yeah, yeah. You know, real good. I'm trying to get as fat as I can this summer. Um, and then uh, I then put the kids to bed and uh, Nate cleaned beautifully. But then we had. Second dinner. We were like, second oh, dinner. you know what? We should have we should have we more had, dinner. We had men's dinner. Yeah, which and was a uh, it was actually a very you know very light dinner. We had some seared tuna with it was avocado. So delicious. Uh, shout out to the Mina Stone recipe that I stole it. Shout from. out Mina Stone. Um, Ugh. big fan, big fan. Never met her, big fan. I hope you introduce me someday. And you get so close. Um, all right. No one wants to hear about our lives. They want to hear about the art world. I mean, I guess. Let's shit talk some more people yeah. in the art world. Uh, well, not shit talk. I mean, I'm very interested. I want it to seems, shit talk. It seems like the art fairs are losing prominent, oh, okay. prominent well, these personnel. Are, yes. These are two people who we know and love who have left art fairs. Yeah. Noah Horowitz, yeah. Uh, a little good friend of the pod, great guy, very bright for uh, the past six years or so, was the head, uh, America's head of Art Basel. Um, you know, so kind of always felt to me like uh, Mark's right hand man and his Absolutely. extension. Also, just truly a uh, a master of the modern art fair. Uh, you know, he, he, he's a very intelligent guy. who's written about the economics of, uh-huh. of art and, and art fairs very, very well. But he's gone. He's leaving. We don't know where. We don't know where. Um, we wish we could speculate or tell you anything. I mean, I'll speculate. I okay. I, I, I'll bet a hundred dollars that he's going to an auction house. Okay. I'll bet, okay. bet $500 that he's not going to some sort of NFT startup, which is another theory I heard floated out there. Yeah, that doesn't seem like Noah's bag, but, you know, who knows? Um, I, like, I wish him luck. I'm really going to miss him. I'm wondering, you know, head of an art fair gets treated pretty well in the world in terms of, like, your respect uh, when you walk into a dinner and, you know, kind of your, your oh, position yeah. in the world. You know, if he is going to an auction world, uh, house uh, role, you know, I it's a, the vibe is different when you walk into a room. Um and uh, you know, I like I like him as the head of an art fair. So we'll I think see. that Noah will command attention anytime he walks into yeah. a room. I mean, he's you know, I don't think he's going to another art fair. I mean, I think it's a challenge business right now, pandemic or not. It was mm-hmm. a challenge business economically. I wonder if that played into it. Um, I hopefully he'll tell us what he's doing pretty soon. I'm surprised you haven't broken it open the story with your your intrepid reporting. I tried. I, I asked and him. Then, he said that he'd tell me when he's ready. There's not much I can do about that. And then over in uh, the other European country that's not part of the EU, uh, London-based Freeze has lost <laughs> their American. American director, right? Yes, Rebecca Siegel is uh, stepping down uh, as her position, uh, basically running uh, the fairs in New York and Los Angeles, as well as the magazine where she's publisher. I feel like they've just like cycled through directors very quickly uh, over at Freeze, especially on the American side of things. Yeah, there's been some turnover over the last three, four years, yeah. sure. Uh, I mean... You know, I think starting the LA Fair was a big deal, and I think that, that the timing of it was great in some ways, but also like not great in other ways. Um, I mean, they did get one last fair in before the global panty hit, uh, which is good. But I think also, yeah, I mean, there's all this stuff, with and the- they were able to do a relatively successful uh, in-person fair. That's true. Uh, they, in yeah, New York, they pulled like that the off. first the first major fair uh, to pull it off. It was scaled down, obviously, but still, that's nothing to nothing to you know. 
overlook. Again, it's it's hard for me to speculate exactly what's going on. I don't know where Rebecca is going. I don't know what the sort of but new just, structure is going to be. It just feels so interesting to me that these two things happen so close to each other. It makes it seem more than just a one off, maybe about someone's lifestyle, but maybe about more of a sea change uh, potentially. Totally, I think that that maybe people are coming to the realization that galleries are going to do fewer fairs. Uh, people are going to go to fewer fairs, and the entire fair model has to shift somehow. Uh, I and- mean, I, everyone says they're going to do fewer fairs. I uh, talk to me in five years, presuming that the, one of these variants doesn't skip over and become something even worse, and like the whole world really shuts down like, well, forever. We're I feel like operating galleries under are the assumption that yeah. doesn't happen. But I think that you know, just the fact that later today we're going to go visit Hauser and Worth Southampton, while our friends are at Hauser and Worth Menorca, you know. The expansion of these mega galleries means that they already are in so many places. Do they really need to do all these art fairs when they have beachheads in all these places that they opened during the pandemic? Yeah, I, I, I do not know. Um, interesting thought. Something weird is going on with the TV anyway. Um, but speaking <laughs> of art fairs, uh, Basel, 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 the OG uh, taking place, we hope, we think, it, we in presume. In the land of schnitzel. I mean, I have, I have non-refundable tickets and probably, hopefully, refundable hotel rooms. Um, in the land of schnitzel is going forward, and they released their fair list. There were a number of galleries, long, uh, what I consider longtime stalwarts, that are not doing the fair, uh, right. including 303. Mm-hmm. Bordolami, uh, past guest, friend of the pod, amazing Stefani Bordolami. Uh, Great and and Andrew Kreps, another a friend. Uh, he's never Kreps, been on the pod. Maybe we'll get him on. Yeah, let's get Kreps on. Yeah. Kreps, you listening? Cover the pod. He's not listening. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, that makes sense. I mean, they, they're they're kind of, I feel like those guys are actually firing on all cylinders, especially Bordolani and Kreps with their new Tribeca space, and it uh-huh. kind of feels like doing quite well. I'm not privy to their books. Um, the Modern Institute uh, is, is Glasgow. All, in Glasgow. Great gallery, but also someone I think of as was like, Was that a know, glass vision accent that I just attempted? Glasgow? Uh, I don't know what that was, <laughs> man. <laughs> um, you know, a great gallery. I'm surprised to see them uh, not doing that, especially because they're European. I mean, or, you know, in Europe, if they're not in the EU. An artist um, that the modern city represents is uh, Nicholas Party. Do they still? Yeah, I believe or, they still do. Alongside the Hausenwerth Gallery. Yeah, the, but, the uh, Empire. Yeah. Um, sad not to see them there. I hope it's like a one-time, hey, we're not sure, September doesn't work for us, we have other stuff going on. Right, it is in a different time and of I'm the also, year. And I'm hoping that the committees give a little grace. I know in the past, if you choose not to do the fair, um, it, it's not it, it's not looked upon kindly, but I hopefully they'll give them a little bit of grace. I'd like to see them back. Um, the Marlboro Gallery not doing the fair. <laughs> I have a feeling that that's because they were not invited to do the fair. I'm not going <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm not going to talk to that. Yeah, yeah, uh, they, they seem quite litigious, but you know, obviously the uh, coming up next, know, what some people might call a stolen gallery, is decided <laughs> will, will not be there. I wouldn't say that. Some people are saying, um, and certainly no one that's ever been on or will be on this podcast would say that. To be clear, right? <laughs> um, anyway, uh, that is something. But we do have a shout out to a couple of new galleries. Uh, great to see Bridget Donahue, great friend, fantastic gallerist. Uh, we'll be doing the fair Incredible for the incredible gallerist. Um, uh, Paul, uh, the Paul Kasman the gallery. Paul, yeah, I didn't realize they had Kasman, but you know, uh, OG, OG. Um, uh, his gallery uh, continuing on uh, after his untimely passing. Uh, we'll we'll get to do the fair. That is very cool. And you know, as again, we're always pulling for the underdogs in life. Uh, Adam uh-huh. Lindemann, Adam Lindemann, um, just like listen, Venus over whatever. He really bootstrapped that 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 little little shop of his, didn't he? Yeah, he really is. You know, with very few very few very personal <laughs> resources. Um, you know, he finally he, he's finally fighting with the big voice. You know, just you love to see it. Just you do like, love to see. It. You do we, love to see it. something we can all aspire to do. We pull for for the little guy here. Only in America, you know. But they 
they actually have done Basel projects before. I remember, uh, especially, I don't know, maybe five years ago, they had this amazing Copley exhibition, and it was up, you went through this kind of, it wasn't a secret, but kind of a back staircase, and it's very famous, a sweet shop, chocolate shop, up to these amazing kind of period salon rooms. That's right, I do and, recall and had that. And this amazing selection of Copley paintings, kind of before that market, you know, Adams really has, I mean, all jokes aside, has set that market oh, uh, yeah. into a new level. It was at the beginning of that, and it was a very, very cool presentation. So not their first time in Basel, obviously. No, and uh, they're bringing Peter Saul paintings that I'm sure are going to be fantastic. So Adam, you know, we kid, you're doing good stuff. Shout out to you for remembering what they're bringing. That definitely was I read uh, press releases. That's what I have to do. Um, so that's what's going on in the world of Ferris. And I do, I want to cycle back to a story we uh, just before we, we get on to our interview uh, with Max LeVay that we touched on a few weeks ago. Um, this uh, Dorothea Rockborn, who uh, her longtime studio and living space was flooded by her upstairs neighbor. Soho Floodgate. The Soho Floodgate. Is that the this name guy, for the scandal? This guy, Richard. And uh, so we talked about that because she's a bunch, a, a, a number of works were ruined beyond repair. Uh, her upstairs neighbor is this guy, Richard Castillo. Dick Costello. Dick. And what a dick it sounds like he is. He's like pushing her not to pay out. He and his insurance company are pushing her not to pay out uh, restitution for all these artworks that have been irreparably damaged. You know, the discovery uh, documents that they asked her for, you know, all these reports and auction records, uh-huh. and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this guy seems like a real pig. He's also been really not a very successful human being. It's no. kind of like capitalism has just kind of um, basically uh, rewarded him for showing up and being a mediocre white dude. Uh, he <laughs> ran he ran Twitter for five years. The stock price languished uh under right. his, uh, the user growth languished. Uh, it hasn't done any better since he left in 2015, it must be said. Uh, since then, all he's done is, you know, he works for private, you know, a, a VC fund, you know, so he's absolutely adding zero value to the world. Nope. Um, he seems like a real POS and definitely someone that should be paying this poor, uh, not poor financially, but this woman whose life, part of her life's work and her legacy in the latter years of her life has been destroyed. I mean, to kill, to destroy an artist's work really through your, Just your lack craven of Just craving shit. Craving shit. I don't like you. Fuck you. Yeah, stay tuned. Don't see you soon. Stay don't tuned. Soon. Max stay Levi. tuned. Right after this, Max Levay, an awesome interview about his project, The Ranch, in Montauk, right, right now. after this. Welcome to Nona Bene. Hey, what's going on, Max? Hey, Ben and Nate. So good to have you on, you know? It's so good to see you again. We saw you yesterday in beautiful Montauk, where you still are. We're back in SAG. We got a very high-tech video uh, set up here, uh, something the likes of which we have never attempted before. Let's see how it goes. What's going on in Montauk today, man? You know, day four of Daniel Lynn Ramos' install... Great. And um, day three of Renato Drukes is installed. We're working towards um, having both of the shows ready for people to see on Saturday. Plus multiple uh, kind of mini construction projects. So I guess we should back up and tell people why you're in Montauk and not New York. Uh, what's going on? You have a ranch. You have a big old piece of property uh, there kind of at the tip of eastern Long Island. Um, tell us about your life. What's going on there? What's, what is this huge property we went and visited yesterday? Well, the property is um, a horse ranch, at, you know, right at the tip of Montauk, about four miles from what they call the end, where the lighthouse is, uh-huh. the big open um, field. And, um, you know, it's defined by these two barns. And, um, you know, we refer to them as West Barn and East Barn. And um, East Barn um, is a functioning horse barn and is used really actively Nay. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> that was my nay. 
Yeah. There are a, a lot of horses, as we saw yesterday. There were how many? 15 horses? Yeah, there was, there was 15 horses here. Amazing. Um, I would say during the week. But on weekends these days, there's only about three or four left because the others are on the road, you know, uh -huh. um, competing in competitions that take place some um, in Virginia and Texas and later in the month in the Dakotas. Yeah, these are serious, serious ponies. So we're we're going to get into the horses because it's, it's a very interesting I love, history I love to the, the ponies. ponies. The ponies were beautiful and they're a very special sort of horse of which there are very few and there aren't these. But but backing up, so that's in the East Barn is where the horses are or the West Barn? I get confused. That's the East at, Barn. I was there. East Barn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that barn um, has been intact for, for almost, I think, 50 years now since um, the last time it burned down. And, you know, has the sort of charm and wear of, um, you know, lots of use and, um, you know, a lot of memories. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like a real thing. And then in the West Barn, it's a little bit different from the outside. It looks very similar, but there's some all sorts of different stuff going on the inside. You've turned it into a gallery, a really beautiful gallery. Gorgeous gallery. Thanks. Yeah. Well, they, they are identical structures. And, um, you know, West Barn happened to burn down about 15 years ago. And the, the former owner, you know, rebuilt it and, you know, made some adjustments. He had a beautiful apartment integrated into it, but more or less, you know, restored the space as a replica of East Barn. Um, there were concrete floors, however, laid and, um, you know, West Barn um, has enough capacity, more than enough capacity for the amount of horses that live here currently. So, um, so you know, West Barn was sort of um, dormant. Dormant. So um, it was it was um, an obvious choice which barn to sort of reorganize so that you know it could continue to make exhibitions. So, I mean, so cool. And the interior, I mean, can we say who, who the property used to belong to? It's pretty much public record, right? Yeah, I mean, the property has, has belonged to um, various interesting characters over the last 20 years. Um, you know, belonged to a man named Rusty, who was, um, you know, known for um, the concerts that he threw here, the, the Back at the Ranch concerts. What that were those were really concerts? Well, they were a series of con concerts that sort of happened, um, you know, um, in conjunction with the town of Montauk and were spearheaded by Paul Simon, who's a neighbor. And, um, you know, were actually, were actually executed, you know, stages were built by Pat, who, you know, you guys got to meet yesterday. Oh, yeah, that's the man. Run the horse program here. And, you know, the concerts were, were a big success and they were... Um, you know, very helpful for the town of Montauk. Um, proceeds went to reinforcing the lighthouse and renovations on the lighthouse, as well as to buying, um, you know, um, helping contribute to buying, um, you know, a big piece of land that's now very popular um, nature trails that take you down to the ocean, just really at the end of the road here. And uh, and the the renovation of the barn of the West Barn that you did that be, that's become a gallery um, or a gallery type space where you're where you're staging exhibitions. Um, the design is pretty unique. Like it, it both it it is true to Montauk. It's both a contemporary art space, but also not. And then it like really has the vibe of out east. And uh, it's a it's a really special space. And you guys did a great job. Did you have any help with the design uh, of this kind of unique spot? Yeah, I mean there there was a lot of help. Who was really. Um 
you know, fundamental through the, the process from the kind of birth of the idea um, of trying to create an ideal space within the constraints of the structure was um, Luis Kugelberg and um, Julian Schnabel, who um, lived just down the road oh, yeah. um, in Ditch Plains. And, you know, um, we sort of worked through all the different, um, you know, options and ideas, um, you know, from a sort of um, exhibition, you know, perspective. And obviously um, there's a wealth of experience and knowledge there um, that was really, really important. Um, you know, also getting to spend time, you know, uh, on their property, which I think really stands alone and how well it's um, preserved. You know, it's one of, um, they were conserved. It's one of the seven sisters. Uh -huh. and, you know, um, the interior of the, the house is one of the few actually like, you know, Stanley White, um, you know, um, original interiors and, um, you know, the, the, the sort of um, just the sensitivity to materials and scale and Montauk, um, you know, was really, um, you know, helpful. That relationship was, was important. And then, um, you know, I worked with a lot of um, other people as well who um, came and jumped in and, you know, helped really, um, you know, enhance the idea. Um, you know, like you were saying, it was, it's always been a kind of push and pull here. We wanted to make something that almost felt like could have, it could have always existed, but we didn't want to, um, you know, give up the, you know, practical, um, you know, things and the, um, you know, the longevity and the durability of the space um, in the process, because, you know, the space is going to be used, um, you know, quite ambitiously. You know, we have Daniel Lynn Ramos in there right now installing some sculptures that weigh up to a thousand pounds. You know, it's important that the floors hold. So, you know, um, I got a lot of really um, important help, you know, by um, great people who believed in the project, you know, um, the floors are um, from a company named Denison that um, really um, is um, these gorgeous, like wide, uh, I'm not sure what kind of what it is, but like beautiful wide plank floors. I mean, absolutely. The space is absolutely gorgeous. It's absolutely stunning. And I think art, the art that we saw looks really spectacular in it, but much more interesting than a white box. And I think that's important because the project itself is much different and better than kind of like a traditional gallery. You've basically taken your life and uh, you used to work with a different gallery before back in New York City for many, many years, run a gallery, I should say, operate a gallery that we're not going to get into because I don't want to go into deposition. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you've, you've changed your life, but you're recreating what a gallery can be and what a lifestyle Absolutely. of a gallerist can be. I mean, you seem so happy and healthy out there. So you basically have this, how many acres is it? Like 40 acre property. 26. 26? Nate's yeah. a journalist. <laughs> um, he remembers shit. Um, but so you've 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 created this gallery out here. You've created a lifestyle and a living space for yourself. You have all this land where the horses are. Um, like, how did this project come about? How are you like? Um, you know, okay, I'm not going to be. I don't. You know, I don't want to do something traditional in New York. I'm going to radically shift what the possibilities are. Like, what was that process like? And how did you choose Montauk and that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, it, it happened um, really, really quickly. Um, it happened last summer, um, you know, at um, a really kind of tumultuous, um, you know, time in my life um, where I was sort of dealing with, um, you know, a lot of things that I never thought I was going to be dealing with. And um, 
I happened to be in Montauk while um, that was happening. And I probably, if I had to credit anybody, it would probably be my dog, Monday, because I was living Shout out to Monday. Monday is an incredible dog. Yeah, no problem. Where's Monday? I think he's with his friend, Movie. I'm going to move the computer. I like Monday's friend, too. Yeah, the boo. Oh, just movies here. Hey, Poppy. So how how did Monday find this space for you? Well, I was living, you know, thanks to a friend um, in a motel that was um, was um, not open yet, right, for the season. And um, that was really great. Um, but, you know, Monday is a big dog and he needed um, to kind of go explore and we would we would go on rides and then go on long walks. And, you know, um, as you guys saw yesterday, you know, this property is very visible from 27 and it kind of, you know, it kind of found me. I mean, I knew about it, but I hadn't really, you know, thought about it in a long time, this property. And, um, you know, I, I became fixated on the, on the barns and, um, how beautiful they were and also on what could be potentially done inside. Um, so, you know, I think they, they are, you know, the property really drew me here. And then, you know, um, I haven't really left ever since, you know, um, I came here in August, barring a few days into New York, go see doctors and such for whatever needs to be done. But I've been here, um, you know, through the winter and, um, have quickly, um, integrated into the Montauk community, which has been the real, um, amazing surprise and um has really kind of added a whole new thing to to my life which i've never experienced before like a kind of like a kind of peaceful thing and i feel like you it, it's a perfect like kind of place a, for you yeah small town thing you know that's yeah. like the opposite of new york where like you know you you go to the gas station and you see the same people and you have a relationship with them and you know their kids and uh-huh. you know you, you run into their kids on the tennis courts and then you run into of their parents here and there and you know it's um you know it's sort of a beautiful thing that i never got to experience growing up on 28th street you know in right. new york so yeah and i mean it's you have like you know so to just to set the stage for this next question i mean you have this beautiful piece of property with the horses you have a massive lawn kind of uh, a field really that is for outdoor sculpture which we'll get into in a second but it feels like having spent a chunk of the afternoon there yesterday, you have an almost commune-like vibe, like the people that are working with you are sometimes living there, hanging out, uh-huh. um, you know, doing the doing the construction and the art handling and all that stuff needs to get done. There's a sort of glow. Yeah, there. there's a glow. Everyone's like happy. It's got like a somewhat, I would say, hippie surfer vibe to it. Totally. Well, um, you have a surfboard just leading up against the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, you know, an, an old Mercedes uh, limo uh, that you can use as the house car to roll around in. There's golf carts. I mean, it has a pastoral, there's an urbanity to it, but there's a pastoral sense that like, I just, it was like entrancing. I just wanted to hang out there forever. What's the vibe? Like, how, how did you find all these people that are helping you? Like, how are you holding it all together? Um, you know, what's the, what's the day to day? Well, you know, I think what everybody out here, um, you know, deals with um, is the fact that in the summer it's, you know, super, super busy and um, there's not enough places, you know, to stay and it's very become very very expensive you know out in montauk um in general and oh, yeah. Hamptons, you know as we all know so you know the idea with with the house and um 
you know, which is for most part, you know, is off limits to the people who come to visit the galleries, is that it, um, you know, can can facilitate, um, you know, efficient work and can be the canteen for all the important people who make, you know, the shows um, possible. You know, I feel like in terms of, you know, um, what's the same for me is, um, you know, as it was when I was running, you know, the gallery, um, when I was running Marlboro was that, you know, the same amount of work and effort and care needs to be put into the exhibitions here, you know, and um, that takes a village. So, you know, the idea is that um, we do our best to sort of, um, you know, um, make it comfortable for everybody. And, um, you know, it's a sort of practical thing. And, um, you know, as that does, it just so evolves into more, you know, um, Virginia over to Musito here for the last four or five days. So awesome. And then, you know, she does the night shift with me cooking. <laughs> um, and, you know, we, we, it just, it just becomes fun and, um, inclusive and, uh, natural. And, you know, everybody figures out the ropes and, everybody kind of becomes self-sufficient and you know when somebody needs to go to the gas station they ask the next what they need and it's you know it's that vibe um this is also you know coexisted with um you know the fact that the construction has been an ongoing project and continues to be an ongoing project i mean we had um you know um an exhibition schedule in place um you know, and a date in mind when we would be finished. And of course, you know, as, as it goes, um, we didn't quite get um, where we needed to be by that date, but we were able to figure it out so that the exhibitions weren't compromised at, at all and that the ancillary spaces are now the things that we're working on. So, you know, um, coupled with, you know, the team of, you know, art handlers and stuff, people I've worked with, you know, from New York for the last 10 years who are here, you know, I would estimate that on days we're not, you know, giving tours and um, seeing people that there's about 40 people on site who have wow. been on site for the last, you know, six months. That's a crazy community. You've, yeah. you've built a community, whether you wanted to or not, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, which I think is what all great galleries are. And this is, you know, just because of the setting of it, it becomes a very, you know, an isolated in the best possible sense community where it's kind of, you know, self-supporting and, you know, has its own little ecosystem. Um, so, I yeah, mean, we bought a grill so that we could cook like 30 cheeseburgers at once. That grill setup looks yeah, pretty good to me. Insane grill. Uh, I, I wanted to get involved in that, definitely. There's a um, lot of animals I want to just, just rake over those coals. Yeah, totally. Um, had you been going out to Montauk previously before the pandemic? Like, I don't even know. Are you a surfer? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I wouldn't call myself a surfer. I, um, but I learned how to surf at a young age because my father is from a surf town called Biritz in France, which is. Um, you know, um, has certain, you know, vi similar vibes to Montauk, actually. Totally. Um, you know, if you kind of swam across the ocean, you wouldn't land so far away. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's, um, it's, um, you know, been part of my life, you know, um, since I was a kid, but I'm one of those surfers who like gets to a certain point and then um, doesn't surf for a while and like just never really gets any better. There's um, kind of like a, a surf click out in Montauk, right? Like Julian and Bill Powers and Louis. I mean, you know, beyond that, I mean, there's, I mean, if you're talking about an, everybody, it seems like in Montauk surfs, right. you know, and the, the town 
in season or out of season. Like when the surf's up, all the traffic patterns change. Wow. Um, the whole vibe of the town changes. You realize that there's less people like at work. Um, you know, so um, Are people ever at work in Montauk, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, some, you know, so, yeah, progressively. Let, let, yeah. Let's just say Liars was pretty packed um, at 4 p.m. yesterday, yeah, exactly. yeah. That was, that was more the, that wasn't the surf crew, though, that was the fisherman crew. Um, yeah, and I, fantastic, I, fantastic I, bar that you, oh, you turned us on to, incredible bar, yeah. Nate had a, Nate had his first mudslide ever, he really not enjoyed my it. last, not my last, one, <laughs> definitely not. Um, are you planning on doing once things are, you know, up and running, which is very close, like fully up and running. So it started, but, you know, I think from Saturday will be the first indoor exhibition, right? Is that is that the plan? Are you gonna- no, no, no. No, no, not, not at all. We we had um, a Peter full Halley. month exhibition. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah of course. Peter Halley. Actually, two really, really important exhibitions inside um, in the spaces. And this will be our second set of exhibitions. So, um, you know, like I was saying before, you know, to um, the person coming to see the shows, we were able to meet this deadline we we made for ourselves. But, you know, that was made by kind of like hi- hiding like the, the rest of the construction debris behind plants and stuff. And like, you know, <laughs> just kind of jamming my garage with, uh, you know, extra doors and things that still needed to be put in. So, oh, amazing. Are you going to go, are you going to do exhibitions year round? Is that the notion or just in the yeah, tourist season? <laughs> I think the notion is, um, you know, since I've been out here, I mean, the whole the whole thing has changed, you know, obviously in terms of season. Um, when I first came out here, you know, it was the Montauk where, you know, um, in, you know, March, end of March, you know, beginning of the pandemic, um, you had to basically do your grocery shopping in, in um, East Hampton, you know, because wow. everything was closed, right? But I, I don't think it'll ever be like that again in Montauk. Um, you know, you just kind of feel this shift. Um, you know, you're seeing um, new fish stores, new restaurants opening. Um, more and more people, I think, are kind of reorganizing their lives now where um, they don't see their properties here seasonally. Um, and in addition to the indoor space, you have, as I briefly mentioned, you have this incredible space for outdoor sculpture, which I know is often, I mean, we've talked for years about, you know, a lot of your artists that you've worked with over the years have had outdoor sculpture projects. I mean, I know you, you were very involved uh, in that, um, in doing that installation down in, um, is it in Cleveland, uh, uh, uh where that guy's at, um, you know, uh, which is an all outdoor thing. And so you have this space. So right now you have up, um, amazing set of Aaron Curry sculptures, a oh, seminal yeah. Frank Bel- Benson sculpture. And, uh, and as you, uh, as Mary you mentioned, Vitale. uh, the Mary Vitale. And, uh, as you mentioned, um, uh, Virginia what am I, Overton. the Virginia Overton, like two incredible sculptures. Yeah. Is it, this is going to be, I think an ongoing series of stuff you're going to work on out there with different artists. Totally. Um, you know, so, you know, the property is defined by this big field, which is about, you know, 20 acres, it's an open horse field. And then there's two barns basically at the end of the field. And, um, you know, there's West Barn, the gallery and East Barn, the functioning, um, you know, horse stable. And behind the barns is a four acre um, smaller field, which um, needed quite a bit of rehabbing and, you know, was a sort of primary focus for us you know, over the off season um, coming into the summer. And the idea with the field is that um, it serves really nicely. It's a nice scale for like an open siding of sculptures. And, um, you know, I think there's something really unique and um, 
nice about it in that it's not landscaped at all. Um, so, you know, it feels like a really beautiful blank um, green canvas. And then, um, you know, the backdrop are the, you know, beautiful um, ag reserves um, that I was referring to earlier that, you know, belong to um, the state and, um, you know, are, are um, off limits to anyone and grow naturally and epitomize this kind of, you know, beautiful green topography that's so close to the sea that like makes Montauk so special. Yeah, yeah, and the, the I mean those sculptures just pop out there too. I mean all of them. I mean I'm 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 a huge fan of Aaron Curry and like his outdoor work, which people haven't seen since he did that presentation at um at the Lincoln Center a few years ago, and they just look incredible. These vibrant, vibrant colors oh, popping yeah. off, popping off that lush green as you just were talking about this kind of verdant green, like killer, killer. Um, and the outdoor sculpture for me is so interesting, and I think it's hard for people to always wrap their heads around what they can buy. Because if you see one in an art fair, it's like in this like terrible cacophonous room. But to see them out in nature, at least for me, if I'm a collector, it makes sense. Like, oh, I want one of those by my pool or something. I think like on a commercial tip, it's it's really really bright, and then aesthetically, it, it kicks ass. I mean, I think also you know for me too, where it's really exciting is that it. Um, gives me a really nice avenue to collaborate with uh, the dealers um, that, you know, I respect and aspire to working with. So, you know, working with Virginia um, was sort of funny. The first show I helped to organize ever um, was a group show and it was put together with this, um, you know, um, really good kind of art world mind and um, advisor, you guys probably know named Sima Famalon. Yeah, shout and, out uh, Sima, OG. Yeah, it oh was, yeah. It was, it was a great show um, and Virginia was one of the kind of young rising talents in the exhibition. And, you know, we became friends there and remained friends. And, you know, I watched her really turn into, um, you know, a major um, star and, um, you know, watched her move to Bordelami and work with Stefania and watched them both be so successful, you know, together, working together. And it was such a natural avenue um, you know, with someone like Stefania, who I've always respected so much for her vision and how well she runs her gallery to, um, you know, work with Virginia here in the first season. And, um, you know, that's been really nice for us is to get to work with, you know, these artists galleries and hopefully add to the equation and, you know, bring, you know, get great documentation of the sculptures at different periods of the day. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, sure. like, totally. like, like we're saying, Ben, you know, um, um, you know, Aaron's installation at Lincoln Center, you know, first of all, the sculptures were so memorable, um, you know, individually, but also it was such a rock star installation, you know, with these kind of 12 sculptures almost installed like soldiers, you know, in this like grand, um, you know, open concourse. Um, but obviously, you know, they're, they're surrounded by the realities of an urban, you know, um, you like, know by, by, by like high modernism there, like, you know, yeah, literally. And, you know, there's 12 of them. And, you know, what we did was we picked three and we brought them here and we did exactly the opposite, right? We, we gave them a lot of room between each other, which we have to give. And um, instead, you know, tried to promote the idea of having to walk to them to get to them to then experience them and then fully understand them in the round. So, you know, there's, um, you know, these great works that people see, you know, specifically with outdoor sculpture and they see it cited one way 
and that's the images that end up on the internet and that's the way you see that sculpture but you know um i think you know obviously it, it's tough because outdoor sculpture comes with its challenges to show but um good sculpture changes dramatically based on the way you cite it Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, that was also a big part of the fun with Frank Benson. I mean, I think the sighting, which was totally Frank's who came out, you know, again, Frank was probably been here, you know, five separate stints since, you know, we've gone through construction. Just like just, feeling it yeah, out and getting and, a sense of it. Yeah. And feel it out. And, you know, has, you know, came up with Tony Mattelli once who, you know, um, whose sculptures, you know, in transit on its way to join the show. Um, you know, we can talk about that later. I'm really excited about that piece. Um, but, um, you know, everybody's really very much been part of the whole process and, you know, know all the characters involved. And, you know, Frank decided, right, um, and we kind of never questioned it afterwards to sort of install his sculpture with its back facing to where you actually enter the sculpture field. But this did a lot of things. It made this castaway pirate actually be looking at the ocean and, um, you know, brought to attention, like, you know, um, a lot of sort of incredible detail that like makes Frank's sculptures so um, special in that, like the, the kind of nuances, the treatments and the decisions, um, you know, are, are what you get, um, you know, through the kind of painstaking process. Frank I mean, it, it's, as you said, it's, it's really cool that you get to you get to work with all these different artists. But don't you know, it can be people you you you've never had a chance to work with before, and you get to like engage them. Someone like Frank, someone like Aaron, this amazing punk rock modernism, as I think of it. Um, but you have, I mean, are you you're no longer representing artists, like, or you're not going to represent artists via this vehicle, via the ranch. Is that true, or have you kind of yeah, so are you still figuring it out? No, no. So the, the you know the, the sort of way it's going to work, I think, is um, you know um, at the moment I have two websites. One is maxlevay.com, and the other one is theranch.art. And the idea with the ranch is that um, you know the exhibitions that we do here are really um, meant to um, you know we see the ranch as the primary venue for for Max Levay and the exhibition spaces as a way to focus and make exhibitions and, um, you know, um, do important work with people that, um, you know, we're focused on at a certain time. And a lot of those people are people that we represent and who we plan to work with, um, you know, moving forward and who we believe in, um, you know, in the long term. So, um, you know, Max LeVay does represent artists, um, but the ranch um, is not a gallery. It's a farm with um an exhibition venue and um you know a lot of the exhibitions that we will do here um will um you know incorporate loans will be in collaborations with museums with other galleries um and um you know it, it's not really um defined as necessarily um just going to be exhibitions of artists that i represent I love right. that. I love that notion of it's a farm with a with an exhibition space with an exhibition program. Totally. I think it's a really uh, you know a really elegant way to to think about your your project. That's very cool. Um, what do you have next? Like, do you have do you Can have you, you planned out? Yeah, you have, is it publicly announced? Or are you still kind of in the fermenting phase in in terms of in terms of shows? Oh, in terms of shows. So yeah, we yeah. um you know we we just you know did um our first two exhibitions were um. 
were really great. Um, and I think, you know, um, are a good example of how um, we're working sort of with other institutions and um, different people and with the artists um, to, you know, um, do things that aren't necessarily, um, you know, right for a gallery, a traditional gallery or um, make sense in collaboration or in conjunction with a museum. So, you know, Peter Halley's show, um, which was in the, you know, the, the larger space, um, you know, West Barn, we should probably mention, you know, was designed to have two exhibition spaces that can be used um, independently um, at the same time. So you could have two shows at once, but also it will hopefully um, work as one large exhibition, as you know, as well. Um, the real distinction between the two, I mean, they're actually totally different is um, space one is an open cathedral space with, um, cladded white wood and um, the space two are two equi-sized wing spaces that um, have dropped ceilings to about, you know, nine feet tall, just like they would in a horse barn. And what we've done is we've emulated the classic paint treatment of a kind of three quarter black, um, you know, finish and, um, um, or more like a half black finish and a half white finish. So, um, the effect you know, is really, really cool. Yeah, the the, bo the bottom half is black and the top half is white. And obviously in a horse barn, they do that. So when the shit gets on the walls, it's not quite so noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> the literal <laughs> shit. Exactly. <laughs> literal horse shit. Yeah. So um, in the, you know, in space one, um, we had a show called Peter Halley Blocks. And these paintings have been made, um, you know, are a series of paintings that Peter has made over the last um, eight years. And we showed eight paintings, um, all of which have never been exhibited before. And, um, you know, Peter, when we started talking about him being the inaugural show, you know, had been really um, eager to find the place that was right to show these eight paintings together before they joined the larger show, which is he, he's having at Dallas Contemporary with um, Peter Doroshenko and that team that are going to open in September. So exciting. So, so it was this perfect, um, you know, um, you know, chance that the space made so much sense for these paintings. And it was a way to really isolate them because, you know, Peter's, um, you know, th these paintings are quite distinct. They had um, a lot of really nice sort of nods to history as Peter does and, um, you know, um, really um, needed to be shown the, the way that, um, that they were here and that opportunity um you know was was easy for the ranch you know and easy for peter because you know it wasn't a show that peter foresaw you know um going doing in a gallery i mean um, had, had you worked uh, with peter before no he's somebody who who falls into the category of um someone who you know we both really wanted to work together but it wasn't really right in the context of where i worked before so um you know he was one of the first people i called when um you know when i decided i was going to go out on my own i just because i remember going to see that show in venice i think with you like three four yeah. years ago now and that was a, a you oh know, yeah uh, uh i just remember how into it you were and it was an amazing amazing psychotic brilliant show um there so yeah. I, I, I just remember that moment with you because we, we had a pretty good time in venice that year despite certain um uh constraints <laughs> 
some dehydration and dehydration De- dehydration and you know lots of electronic yeah. electronic stuff going on um, <laughs> lots of prayer groups every couple hours taxi problems taxi problems taxi problems although yeah. you you got us a, a great a great driver you had the you had the you do have killer the, buddy the venice driver the uh, Vaporetto guy. Yeah I, had a, yeah, I remember Pierre Angelo. Yeah, oh, Pierre Angelo. Yeah. Shout out Pierre Angelo. Yeah. What a guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. We had a dinghy. Uh-huh. And, you know, I was friends with his mother, and his mother was, you know, her, was adamant that we do not pay him more than $100 a day. <laughs> I think she was worried he'd spend it on hashish. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, that was exactly what the worry was. So we My had mom was the same way. We had to promise her that, but you know, but we ended up tipping him a little bit more, you know, because that doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, no, I, 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 I slipped in a little bit of cash. Um, yeah, I mean, he he, he took us everywhere. He would blast little Frank Sinatra and other kind of like uh, oh. crooners as we were going through the canals of Venice. You love to see it. You love to it see was, it. It was it was magical. Uh, it was magical. Yeah, if I remember right, Ben, you you almost sank trying to make it to the <laughs> airport. Yeah, there oh, was like a oh, big wake from um yeah, yeah you almost no. lost your um your Louis V luggage. Yeah, uh, I'm a Ramoa guy, but you know <laughs> <laughs> that shit floats, man. That shit's watertight. Yeah. Um, yeah, All yeah. He family. he hustled me to the airport at the last minute. Incredible guy. He took us to uh, his family's um, palazzo, uh, which was like pretty special, and uh, showed us his hangout rooms. I follow him on Instagram still. He's he's a trip. Um, we what, should still make a show there, like we said. I, I, hundred percent. Like I'm down. I'm totally. always down. Um, and what's what's your other than like all the like the nice like becoming a local and integrated? Like, what's your social scene like out in Montauk? Are you feeling? I mean, you, you're surrounded by people. Is it isolating or is it like? Are you feeling still I, clued in? Because you're a guy who likes to likes sociability, likes to have a good time. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's it's um, you know the whole. Um, it's very social out here, you know, it's, um, but it's, it's a kind of casual social and a kind of, kind of effortless social. And, you know, you find yourself, you know, in the water is a great way to kind of define totally. it here. You know, you have like young kids surfing with, you know, guys who are, you know, in their seventies and, you know, it's a very sort of integrated community. I mean, you know, we've been behind schedule since we started. So that's kind of the, you know the best way to keep busy so you know, i've been <laughs> yep. um i've been um you know just kind of like you know banging my head against the wall just trying to push things forward every day and like um you know that's um exhausting and then we cook and we sleep and we repeat and um you know it's not it, it it's it, it's not lonely for me out here um at all you know um i think really the idea here is that like we we're trying to create something that once you get here um everything's there um to get what needs to be done done and that eventually can be um really a kind of source of inspiration and a place to conceive of projects for the artists it, seem, it seems like a great lifestyle to I me know. you know and, uh, bang your head against the wall and if you ever eat, get sleep have a couple of beers and get up and do it all over again the next day and I mean, if it's you like, ever get you know, lonely it's on burning you you know and then like you jump in the ocean once a day and it's all good oh. and diplo comes to visit yeah he does west west came to visit the other yeah. day after after i think he took down 
Must have been four mudslides. Oh, God, that's of a course, lot of mudslides. Of course, just, of course dip that, out mudslides. That's also me. like five thousand calories. Man. <laughs> like, and he's he's not a huge he's not a huge dude. But shout out shout, shout out, out RB. Pants. Yeah, shout out Diplish. Shout out RB for hooking it up always. Oh yeah, of course. Um, well, we're gonna have to come out there and do a little barbecue and hangout sesh uh, when uh, at some point in August because uh, we got a little bit of time, man. I yeah, I mean, I'll come back as soon as you'll have us, man. Okay. He's um. Who's this? This is uh, we're, we're on camera. Hey, what's up, dude? I just want to make it possible. Good morning. We'll look together. Hey, awesome. What are you yeah. Talking about today, today. Today, I am looking for burlap. As we're building does. a platform. Uh huh. Installing some art. Great, love so, it. Sounds sounds like a casual Tuesday. It, it or whatever takes day a village at the ranch, you know. It's it does clearly, take a village. It's it's a team effort. All right, Max, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna sign off and let you get back to it. Um, if people want to come out and visit the ranch, it's the ranch art. Is that right? And you can make ranch reservations. Art. Exactly, and on our website, um, which um, you know, is up and working. There's a, a visit tab, and you can um, book you know a slot to come visit. And when you come visit, um, Oliver takes you around and gives you the full spiel about the history and shows you East Barn and then shows you West Barn and, um, you know, shows you the sculptures. And if you're good, lets you pet the horses and be good. Be well, good. Highly, be, highly recommend a visit. Yeah, highly recommend a visit. I'm definitely coming back out with the kids, and I want to come out without the kids and do some grilling and drinking at some point this summer. Max, thanks for taking the time. What a pleasure, Yesterday Max. and today, super appreciated. You're fucking, you're, you're a madman genius, and I love seeing what you're cooking up in your lab. We'll see you soon. Love one you time. Guys. Can't wait to, to hang. Can't wait All to right. see you soon, brother. Bye, Max. Talk to you soon. Bye.